F.B. F. B. Meyer wrote, the great tragedy with our culture is not unanswered prayer. He said, it's unoffered prayer. To know that the king of the universe and the one that was slain and rose again is at the right hand of the father making intercession for us, he's saying to his church, send your prayers up to me. Unoffered prayers. You see, in the scripture, we're admonished through the word of God and even in the Greek translation. We are supposed to pray just like we walk and talk, just like we eat, just like, just like anything else that we do. We're, we're to be praying with a spirit and attitude of prayer and to trust God. But what F.B. Meyer said, there's a lot of unoffered prayer out there that God has answers to. You have not because you, you ask not. Unfortunately, he went on to say that our prayer life is like that little glass box that has a little metal hammer in it that's red. In case of emergency, take the little hammer and break the glass and pull the lever. He said, we often pray in emergencies, but routinely it's not a part of who we are. If you think about that, it is a tragedy, isn't it? I saw a video today of some major church leaders around America, and they said, if it's ever a time that we need to pray, it's now. VCA tomorrow will have prayer stations throughout the campus. They'll have posters up there and have different needs of posters. And the students all day long tomorrow are asked to gather around those posters that they see and, and then to take some post-it notes and put their own needs on that particular poster to say it's important that we pray it is an untapped, this thing that we call prayer, an untapped resource. I read in preparation for the message tonight, Albert Einstein was delivering a lecture at Princeton University. And a doctoral student asked the famous scientist this question. What is there left in the world for original dissertation research? In other words, the student said, I've got to do my doctoral dissertation. Tell me anything, Mr. Einstein, that hasn't already been researched. And Einstein replied, find out about prayer. Somebody find out about prayer. Study that. I can tell you this. I sense in my spirit I sensed it a few moments ago. In this room and in this church is coming a mighty wave of fulfillment and anxious anticipation of what God is going to do. And we need to get in that prayer closet and we need to believe it. When you face numerous difficulties that are there, it is, uh, it is uh, that puts you in a, a place of prayer. 
Sharon's brother, Tony, has cancer throughout his body. He had kidney stones. They worked on that today. Her brother-in-law, her sister's husband, Ed, has uh, Parkinson's disease. My mother has been. Thank God she's doing a little bit better. Mom, God bless you. She actually was on her feet for the first time in about probably 10 weeks. Actually, got on her feet today. God is moving. Here's what the Bible says. Hey, somebody finds out about prayer. We are to vote, devote yourself to prayer. So this past week, actually on Thursday in prayer, I thought, God, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Amen. I'm tired of this one being attacked. I'm tired of that marriage breaking up. I'm tired of that person catching COVID. I'm tired of that person have relational problems. You know what the Holy Spirit said? Call a prayer meeting. So Sunday, Sunday, I said, we're going to pray. Dan said today and yesterday as we're planning the service, what do you want to do, pastor? Pray. Pray. Worship and pray. He says, continue earnestly in prayer, steadfastly. That's what we are to do. Now, I want to give you just a little little note here. Uh, uh, Pray, we make intercession. Intercession, intercessory prayer is basically you praying for someone else. You're lifting their need up. You're praying in intercession. It's what Jesus did. Isaiah 53, he himself bore the sins of many and interceded for the transgressors. Romans 8, 34, he's at the right hand of the Father. What is he doing? Making intercession for whom? You and me. Intercessory prayer changes things. We're going to pray for other people tonight. No doubt when you came in, you got a list of prayer needs that are out there. How many got it? Anybody got it? How many didn't get it? How many would like to have one? Raise your hand. Ushers are back there and they'll get it to you. Now, listen carefully. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, in your holy name, prayer internalizes the burden. What does that mean? It deepens. If I pray for someone, I pray for a situation. Here's what happened. It deepens my ownership to that burden. I begin, I begin to care. And then we become aware, get this, of how God may use us to answer their prayer and how we might be invoked to say, how can you be a part of that prayer need coming to pass? This past week, I was in Southeastern board meetings. There was board meetings last week, bored to death. All kind of board meetings. It's board meeting time. But a young man got up and talked to the board of trustees at Southeastern. Just recently been elected for the student body president of next year. Before, as they were introducing him, they were telling his family story. And it saddened my heart. Mom and dad divorced, mom trudging on for Jesus, his brothers and sisters, one or two are in Southeastern. And they said for him to be here from where they came from and to still be fighting, had to move since they've been here, have had to move three or four different times, you know, just to find a place to stay. I thought, wow, my heart was moved on that. I said, God, you do direct my path. I'm in Chick-fil-A this morning. Chick-fil-A, minding my own business. And this lady comes up to me and she begins to talk to me. She works at Chick-fil-A. 
I like anybody that works at Chick-fil-A and McDonald's. She got to talking. What do you do? I'm in the assurance business. What does that mean? Are you a pastor? Yeah. Where? Victory. Took her by surprise. Do you know anything about Southeastern? Yeah. I'm vice president of the board. I'm chairman of the finance and audit committee. I meet quarterly with the vice presidents and have prayer meetings with them and teaching. Well, my son was elected student body president. Do you remember him? I thought, oh, hallelujah. Revival in Chick-fil-A. And I said, I sure do. I remember him. And I remember you, Hal. I know your needs. I heard your story. She turned and walked away to get the Chick-fil-A. I was taking it to someone to give it to them. And I reached in my pocket. And I gave her a miracle offering. And you would have thought that she saw a ghost. But I'm here to tell you what happened. In the low moment of the valley, he is the rose of Sharon who showed up and said, I want you to know, I know who you are. Come on, somebody. Amen. Prayer forces us to wait. Prayer forces us to wait. Part of prayer is always waiting for God. There are three things God's going to do. Yes, no, wait. Yes and no, no boundaries. But wait is tough. Wait. Yeah, wait. Thy will be done, but I'm tired of waiting. Thy will be done. I'm tired of waiting. Thy will be done. When you get ready, Lord, John MacArthur said, there is a tension between boldness and waiting on God's will. He said that tension is resolved by being persistent. Yet accepting God's answer when it finally comes. Someone asked me this week, getting where you are today in your ministry and telling me as a young minister, what is the one thing that you could tell me that is important to my future? I said, it's real simple for me. You keep going when everybody else gives up. Amen. You stay with it. You know, hey, if you believe what I believe, God's going to answer every prayer. You won't quit. You'll keep going at it. Sharon and I pray for her brother and other family members. We'll just, we'll just be dancing in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, the Lord will say, pray. And we'll stop right there. Let's pray for Tony. Let's, let's pray for this. Let's, let's pray for that. You know, when you're walking in that attitude of prayer, I'm here to tell you, God gets a blessing. Number two, number three, prayer opens your spiritual eyes. There are things that God wants you and I to see that we're not going to see unless we're in that prayer. Two Kings chapter six, Elijah, servant, of course. 
He's waiting and goes out early and looks and the enemy encampment is there. That servant sees all kind of horses and chariots. And he came back to the prophet and and he said to the prophet, we are surrounded and there is no hope for us. And the prophet prayed, Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, open my servant's eyes and let him see. And when he prayed that prayer, he told the servant, open your eyes now. And the servant began to shake. And he looked on the mountaintops and on the hills. And there were chariots by the thousands, chariots of fire. And the the prophet said, hey, those that are with us are far more than those that are out to get us. It'll open your eyes to what God can do and there's nothing impossible for him and then prayer aligns our heart with God's heart you just begin to pray your heart will get tender you get soft that's what we're going to do tonight for a few minutes and finally prayer enables us to move forward when you pray and you pray through anybody remember what that meant you pray through you say god hey i'm here i'm staying here until it resonates in my heart i can get up amen i'm gonna pray through you say well what if he keeps me there all night all night it'll be the most wonderful night you've ever had until you pray through but here's one thing that'll happen when you get up you will not doubt what God is going to do he will perform his miracle and he will bring deliverance somebody say amen you see until we have prayed we can do nothing but once we have prayed we can accomplish anything for his honor and glory so we said to you we're about to go into prayer you have those sheets of paper You pray over them. These altars are open. Our altar workers are here. If you come down and you just want to get in the altar, you get in it. If you want prayer for someone or some situation or something, you just come down, raise your hands up. We're going to anoint you. The Bible says you anoint them with oil and you pray the prayer of faith. We believe God answers prayer. Is that correct? Yes, we do. One prayer was answered just recently from a young, well, from a grandfather's testimony. And it happened just a few weeks ago. I want you to welcome Wayne Elliott, our chief commander. Commander? Yes, sir. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, let me drill back just a, a few months so you can get the full picture of what took place. In December at our family Christmas gathering, uh, Ryan, David, our youngest son, and Nicole let us uh, surprise us all that we would be having our second grandchild. And we were just thrilled. And uh, little Everly, 18 months old, uh, was a perfect birth. And, and in grandparents' eyes, just a perfect little granddaughter. So uh, there was a little bit of a transition with doctors. Ryan and Nicole decided to go back to Watson Clinic and to go uh, with, the, with the doctor that had taken care of Everly and, and that birth and so forth. And uh, they had their first sonogram. Um, and in that appointment, they found out that that doctor would be transferring to Orlando. 
So it kind of put him in a situation like, you know, we don't want to stay here. We don't know the doctors and so forth and so on. So um, they had the sonogram at, uh, at Watson, and uh, we, we found out that it, 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 it wasn't good news. Uh, there were some issues. So Nicole came to the house to uh, talk with Debbie. <clears throat> and uh, upset, new mom, uh, sonogram wasn't that, uh, it showed uh, some issues with the kidney, issues with the heart. And they gave us a list of things that this could be indicative of. So Debbie said, Nicole, we're just going to believe God. We're a family of faith. We're going to believe God, that God is going to take care of this situation. So in the transition of doctors deciding where they were going to go, what they were going to do, we never saw the written report from the doctor. It was just a verbal notice from the the, uh, sonogram technician. So they went to the other doctor and went through that preliminaries and so forth. And the doctor said, well, have you had any blood work? Have you had anything done before you left Watson Clinic? Said, yes, we had a sonogram. Said, well, I would like to get a copy of it. So they ordered that copy, and it was the doctor's dictated notes. And a uh, little man had an enlarged kidney, and he had a, an issue with his heart. The doctor said he'll have to have surgery after birth. It'll be a long haul and health issues. And uh, the place on his heart is indicative of Down syndrome. Well, I I shared this with only one person. And and just today with Debbie, uh, that the Lord gave me a dream. I woke up from a dream, and the Lord had told me, and, and let me back up just a little bit. This was before the written report. The Lord woke me up after a dream and said, Wayne, uh, you're going to be the grandfather of a Down syndrome little boy. And it woke me up, and I, uh, I said, okay, God. I didn't feel an urgency to go to my, my home office there and pray. I didn't, I did, I just, it, it, what that urgency wasn't there. It was just, okay, God, we'll, we'll, we'll walk through this. I'm sure there's, there's going to be issues and, and different things you have to deal with, but that's okay, God, because we'll love little man as if everything was perfect, and we're going to press forth as if everything's perfect. He'll be a little Royal Ranger, and we'll go through that whole inv- advancement trail, and we're going to have a great life together. That's good. So when Nicole, moving forward now, when Nicole came by, very upset from the written report, let me tell you, church, when she shared that with us, I already knew. And the Holy Spirit gave me a peace that passes all understanding. I wasn't alarmed. I didn't feel an urgency. I just knew everything was going to be okay, that I already knew this. I already knew what our life would be like, that it would have, I'm sure, some trial, and I'm sure different things come along with that. I said, but we're, we're good. And I never shared that with anyone. So Debbie said, Nicole, listen, uh, they wanted her to go to a specialist. They said, this is urgent. We need to really move forward here. 
And Debbie, my wife, said, Nicole, let's don't. Look, let's pray. Let's just get a second sonogram, and let's just move forward from there. Well, I had been coming to the Tuesday night men's prayer meeting, uh, and uh, unusual for me, I sit on the back row with that group, <laughs> and, and uh, I shared with them. I said, I, I, I want to share something with you. I want you to pray about this, and I, I, I'm asking you to keep it personal, your heart. Just, we want to keep it a family matter. And in, in that time of prayer, I was kneeling. It was that section there right by the sound booth. I was there. I was kneeling. And Brother Meadows listened to the voice of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And he worked his way back to me, and he bent over. And he said, Wayne, he said, I want to pray for that little boy. I want to lay hands I want to pray for that little boy. In his prayer, all I can remember is Wayne, boy, healing, and then the rest of it was a heavenly prayer language, so I couldn't tell you <laughs> what the Holy Spirit was saying. But I felt the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we just, we stood on that. So Debbie went for her second sonogram, made the decision we weren't going to go to the specialist. We were just going to go have the second sonogram. And uh, she called the house and said, Dad, I just got the report. Said they can't find anything. Said the kidneys are normal. The heart's normal. He's perfect weight. Said, matter of fact, he's going to be a big little boy. Said, it's all good. Said, whatever they saw in the first sonogram, whatever was there, I've read the notes, it's not there now. After I got that report, um, Debbie was picking me up. I had the, the car serviced, and I called Pastor Glenn. I said, I got great news, Pastor Glenn. You guys have been praying. And I shared that with him. And the next person I called was Brother Meadows. I said, Brother Meadows, thank you for listening to the voice of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for praying and speaking in that heavenly prayer language. Thank you. In that conversation, I can only tell you, I heard Wayne praise God and the rest of it was a heavenly prayer language over the phone. Let me tell you something, church. I say this to a leadership team that's in the Family Life Center now. Behind every set of eyes, there's a story. Behind every prayer request, there's a burden. There's a trial. There's a tribulation. There's something that man or woman or family is going through. Listen to me. Between every mountaintop, there's a valley. Between every high in life, there's a low. Every one of you in this room, you've either been in the valley, you're coming out of that valley, or you're headed to the valley. So listen, your church body, when they ask you to pray, take it seriously. Take it to the throne of God. If you're filled with the, with the Holy Ghost, with, with, with a heavenly prayer language, pray in your heavenly prayer language. Use that and take those needs to the throne because one day you'll be in the valley. You will need your church. You will need your fellow. 
You'll need them to take that need to God. God is a God of miracles. And it's like Pastor just said, you may not get the exact answer you want. It's a yes, no, or wait. But I believe the Bible, just the way it's written, by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Amen. You believe that? You believe that? I believe that. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. So you say, how do you want me to pray? Anyway, the best way you know how to pray, pray. If you, you kneel in your seat, pray. If you sit in your seat, pray. If you kneel in this altar, pray. But listen, have the expectancy. God's going to do something miraculous. It may be yes, and it might be no, and it might be wait. But either way, our Heavenly Father rules. Amen. We need to pray. You'll see there our country, if ever, I could take off right there. But God is in control. So let's go to prayer. Amen. We're going to spend a little bit of time in prayer. If you need prayer, you come and we'll anoint you with oil here in the altar. say that the offering and those of you at home thank you for your giving thank you for loving Jesus thank you for sharing and uh, the ushers will be at the back as you leave so that you can put in your tithe and your offering and let's trust God you know what this is a beginning somebody say amen it is an absolute beginning amen Amen. 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 So let's stand to our feet. And I'm going to ask this if you're comfortable, just everybody coming into the altars, if you're comfortable, just come down, let's end with this song. And then God bless you as you give and you honor God. But let's just tell Him how we feel. Let me encourage you to speak it out. Amen. Speak it out. Just let him know as we worship together. And uh, I don't want you, if you're fearful about coming together, then I don't want that. But I want anyone, I, we just want to worship the Lord with this song. Here we go, everybody.